Blog Talk Radio. You are listening to Help for HD Live, the first podcast created for families living with Huntington's and juvenile Huntington's disease. Don't forget to find us on iTunes, Blog Talk, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. You can also search over 500 archived episodes and other projects at helpforhd.org. To watch us in person, find Help for HD TV on YouTube and subscribe and ring the bell for notifications on new content. Help for HD Live is going on air in 5, 4, 3, 2... Hello, everyone, and thanks so much for tuning in to Help for HD Live. This show is made possible because of a grant from Teva Pharmaceuticals, Neurocrine Biosciences, and the Griffin Foundation. I'm your host, Lauren Holder, and today I have Crystal Collinsworth on with me. Uh, We are going to be talking about her nonprofit, The Wishing Tree for HD. Um, Before we hop on, I just want to say I hope everybody is surviving the holidays. Um, Just a couple days, and we are going to be in 2023. I know that um, 2022 has been a very hard year, and so I am hoping that 2023 is better for everybody else. Um, So I'm going to bring Crystal on now. Uh, Thank you so much for joining me today, Crystal. Lauren, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. It means a lot. Oh, absolutely. So I'm going to have you start off with telling your story, your HD story. Okay. Um, Well, mine actually started back in um, early 2000. Um, my grandmother, my paternal grandmother, um, was diagnosed with Huntington's. And um, she passed in 2009 from complications. And, you know, she, my daughter and I always talk about how you know, she smiled up until the day she passed away. She she reminded me so much of of Tom, Vicky's husband. Because every time I saw him, he just had the biggest smile on his face. And in 2007, um, my daddy was starting to experience certain things. And um, his behavior was changing, his mentality. And um, he um, he was forced to retire as a police officer from Florida um, due to Huntington's. And so um, my dad moved back from Florida with my grandmother, and uh, we all just kind of pitched in and helped, you know, take care of her, and she passed. And then I guess probably right around 2011, 2012 is when I really started to notice things with my daddy. Now, I think it is extremely important to point out that I had no idea that what I was seeing in my dad, I had no idea that was HD because his symptoms were completely and totally different than my grandmother's. And um, daddy was getting, uh, he was getting really angry and forgetting to do things, forgetting to take his medicine, forgetting to... um, forgetting to call it in, he had um, a really, really 
awesome uh, detail business, and it was getting to the point where he was forgetting to do things on his cars, and um, a lot of paranoia started kicking in, um, especially with his family. Um, you know, he he thought that um, he thought got to the point where he really thought everybody was out to get him. And um, I had gone to Florida to uh, to go to school. I went to um, I had a back injury and I was laid off at work. And one of my close friends owns a hair salon in Florida, and she had encouraged me to come down and take um, some schooling for esthetician. And I knew I was only going to be gone for a short time. And so I left and I went to um, Winter Haven, Florida. And in the few months that I was gone, you know, my my daughter was telling me and my sister was telling me, um, you know, that uh, my sister was getting really um, different text messages from my daddy and it got to the point where she had to get a restraining order against our father, his own daughter. And um, I told my daughter, I said, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to take a two week leave and I'm going to go back to Kentucky for a couple of weeks and see, you know, stay with daddy and see if I can kind of get a feel for what's going on. And the day that I was scheduled to fly in that morning, um, there was a lot of construction, um, and we got rerouted. And long story short, um, I ended up missing my flight that morning. There wasn't another flight out of Florida and, until the next day. So I went ahead and booked another flight. And... That afternoon, about 2 o'clock, my sister called me from Williamstown, Kentucky, and said that my daddy was in a standoff with the Williamstown Police Department. And they called it that because he was in the house by himself with a firearm. And, you know, I've never felt so helpless in my life. I am in the front yard of my best friend's house and I have a phone in each hand, state police on one phone, friends and family on the other, and can't put my eyes on this situation. And um, at 422 that afternoon, a friend of mine called me back and said, Crystal, the coroner is pulling through. And he had... He died from a self-inflicted gunshot wound. And, um, you know, there has just been, you know, there's this saying that, you know, there there is a hole in the world where he used to be. And I find myself stepping around it during the day and falling in it at night. And it's mm-hmm. a quote by Margaret Atwood in... And that's how it has felt for the past nine years. And shortly after I lost my dad, um, the trauma from his suicide triggered every dormant thing in my body. 
And within about six months of him being gone, I um, started getting sick and went to my family doctor. And um, it started out with, you know, issues with blood platelets because of autoimmune diseases. And um, it, it has just, it has snowballed over the past nine years with different things. And I went to my neurologist and I wanted to get tested for HD and he said, absolutely not. The only thing that I'm going to diagnose you with is clinical depression. And I think that you need to take time to grieve your father's death and give yourself some time. And he said, and Crystal, there's no way you have it. You do not look like somebody with Huntington's disease, which today really pisses me off. Back then, I kind of understood it. But, you know, disabilities look different. But they're the same. It's just like um, I see a, I see a meme um, floating around all the time on Facebook that's, that shows a person in a wheelchair that says, this is a disability. And then it has a person standing right next to them, standing straight up, and the caption says, and so is this. But because I wasn't symptomatic with anything, um, he wouldn't test me at the time. So three years went by, and there were some things that started happening with my health that my other physicians, my team of doctors, couldn't put their finger on it. And so finally my rheumatologist sent me back to him, and she said, the ball's in your court. You know, we think this is something that might might be HD-related. And so at that point, which would have been in May 2017, he, um, I went through the testing, and um, I met um, with Dr. Duker um, at UC Neurology in Cincinnati, Ohio, and um, have a wonderful team of people. I really, really did, and I cannot even speak highly enough of them. They were so wonderful to me, and I went through you know, the counseling, and I had life insurance in place. And, um, you know, at the end of the testing, they all came together in the same room with me, and they said, well, you know, we, we've all discussed it and have decided that if you want to proceed with testing, which you do not have to, you can walk out the door and be done with this entire day. But if you want to go through with it, then, you know, I went upstairs and had the blood work done. And a month later, um, I went back to see Dr. Duker and uh, the, the same team that I saw during testing. And he said, we did not get the results that we had hoped for. And um, I was married at the time. And, you know, I had already, I really had already made peace with a positive diagnosis. And I talked to God the night before I went to get my test results and said, okay, if this is what I'm going to have to deal with, just give me the courage to walk it. Give me the strength to walk it. And so when Dr. Duker said that it was positive, I said, okay, well, positive can mean a couple of different things. So tell me what my number is. And I could just, you know, as professional as they try to stay, you can just, you know, 
when it hits their heart. And he just mm-hmm. kind of looked down and he looked at me and he said, 41. And I said, okay. And of course, you know, my ex-husband then said, wait a second, you know, are you telling me that my wife has a, a, a fatal brain disease that's, that's going to kill her? And so from that point on, um, there wasn't, uh, I went through some other testing, um, cognitive and things like that, that my neurologist wanted me to have done to kind of see where I was at, um, if anywhere, if there was any placement at all. And then I also see um, a, a research doctor at USF in Tampa once a year in April. And he kind of gauges to, you know, where things are. So, you know, this has been more than five years ago. And the last time that I was at USF, you know, the research doctor really thought that, you know, my HD was going to be extremely aggressive by now. And I'm telling you that I am functioning just like I did the day I went and got tested. Now, there are a few things that I have noticed um, and not uh, no one else has really noticed, and if they have, they haven't really said anything. But I notice changes on myself, and when I notice oh. them, I know I know you know which category to put them in because I have other illnesses too. So I kind of know, you know, when it comes to um, you know the short-term memory, and it comes to the clumsiness and the forgetfulness and things like that. And I know where that all stems from. And, you know, I have just, when I, when I lived, um, my ex-husband and I moved to Sarasota um, at the end of 2017. And one of the first things that I did was look for a support group. And that's how I met our beloved Vicki Owen. And, um, you know, she just, she took me in. And I was immediately part of the family. And um, for the first time in a long time, it was really weird. I felt like I, I felt like I finally belonged somewhere. And I got to meet her and Tom, and I started, um, you know, doing some advocacy for um, HD and for suicide prevention, which I will continue to do. And um, I got to meet Katrina and Katie, Help for HD International, and I started um, participating in some of their events and the symposiums. I was just in Nashville with everybody, and um, I mean, it's just amazing. It is, I can't even say enough about them because I really feel like that when I met Vicki and I, and I fell in with that particular organization, that part of me finally started healing. And um, it, it's been, it really has been amazing. It has. Um, my daughter decided to get tested um, six months after I was diagnosed, which would have been November 2017, and she tested negative. She has three boys who are two and a half, eight and ten, and, you know, grandsons that they don't have to worry about it. 
so it has, and I say this, people look at me funny, but it has, it's made it worth carrying, knowing that. It's like breaking a generational curse. Right. And um, still, I kind of have felt like, you know, there was more that I needed to be doing. There was still something missing from my life. And I think that I would only let myself get involved with HD to a certain point. And I finally realized while I was in Nashville what it was. And I had... My um, my boyfriend was with me, and um, he and I were talking, and I it just a conversation came out of nowhere about him feeling like I wanted to do more, but wasn't sure which direction to go in, and I think it was because I was afraid that if I got too heavily involved with it, that I was really going to have to accept some hard truths about my own self. And I don't think, I think for a long time I wasn't ready to do that, that I knew it was there and I, I know what the outcome looks like. I have seen both sides of HD. I've seen both ends of it and I know what it looks like. And, but I have always just not wanted I just didn't want to live in fear of the what ifs so I never Mm -hmm. let myself really concentrate or focus too much on it because I was afraid that I would fall into you know a depression that I wouldn't be able to climb out of and now you know since I came back from Nashville and you know talked to my daughter and some of my close girlfriends and stuff like that I have like I have been so on fire after seeing some of the children there with JHD and realizing that, you know, these organizations, it's not a competition. We're a family. We don't have enough, you know, people spreading awareness. We don't, you know, we need, um, you know, we need research. We need a cure. We need something. Because right now we don't have anything except for treating symptoms, and that's not enough. It's nowhere near enough. And so that just kind of um, it lit a fire under my ass is exactly what it did. And um, I have been on disability since um, 2018, and I have lots of free time. And I just realized that what I want to do with that time is to start this organization. And, you know, it takes some time with the paperwork and the legalities and, you know, the nonprofit status and things like that, which is where we are right now, but have already started to do some fundraising and just, you know, smaller things and have the board of directors set up, I have an amazing team of women next to me. Um, one of my very best friends, Heather Cottle, Trisha Went, uh, Melissa Miller, my daughter, Lisa Hornback. And I just, uh, I feel really blessed. You know, I went from feeling like it was a death sentence to really feeling blessed that I have it, 
my number is what it is, but that I am well enough to continue to do everything that I can to help everybody that I can. And, you know, that's where I'm at with, you know, the Wishing Tree for HD. Um, We have, you know, our logo and our name. I've been working on our website. And um, like I said, we're, we're still taking baby steps. But, you know, we're there. I know what I want it to look like. And I know what I want to be able to, to do with this organization. And um, that's pretty much where I'm at today. Um, so let me HD ask story. you, what is it, your HD story is amazing. I, I love hearing it. Um, it. It's truly a powerful um, story and just shows your strength and everything. Um, so thank you for sharing that. And let me ask you, for your organization, what are you hoping to do with it? How are you hoping to help the community? Um, How I am hoping to help is I would like to get more local support groups set up. We, um, HDSA has one um, in Cincinnati a couple of times a month, and I think that there's one in Lexington or Louisville. That's it for right here, um, and that's that's where I'm at by um, Greater Cincinnati, and um, we need more support groups here, and, you know, first and foremost, I want to see it geared more toward JHD, um, because I'm telling you that I'm 50 years old, and I have lived a full life. And these children that are affected by this monster, most of them don't even stand a chance. And I'm not okay with that. And so I want to be able to take the money that we raise and put that toward helping kids get tested if they haven't been tested yet or putting it toward um, pharmaceutical companies and um, clinical trials that are centered on or centered around the JHD part of it. And of course, I'm gonna help everywhere that I can, but that's really where my heart's at. You know, there are children that haven't been tested yet, that can't be tested yet, and I can't imagine as a parent what that must be like to watch your child go through that. Yeah, it's a whole other beast. Um, and we are also going to goes do... Out to those. Oh, my God, mine too. And I mean, and I see it all the time. And we're working on, you know, annual events to have as well. We want to have um, four um, big events every year. And... Um, and then, of course, you know, I'm going to continue to do what I've always done where Help for HD is concerned as well. You know, that's my family, and that's where it really all started for me when it came to trying to look at this in another light and um, embrace it as a part of me, but not let it define me, and it's not, it's not who I am. And I think that... I think that's the most important part, to be honest with you, is I think that younger people 
they need to see encouragement. They need to see strength. They need to see, you know, uh, someone who has it uh, is going to bat for them. Oh, yes, 100%. Um, So how can the community help you? Is it attending the, you know, is it helping with fundraising? Is it finding grants? Is it, you know, just helping to spread the word? How is it that that we as a community could help you? Well, right now I I actually have one of my friends who is on um, the board has – is going to be able to assist me with the grant writing. Um, so right now it is through awareness and through fundraising. Um, right now with us just, you know, getting up and off the ground, that's why I started doing a few fundraisers um, to allow us to, you know, pay for things as we go. You know, the, the, the paperwork is enormous it really is that part of the process is huge and um you know i think that all of it is important you know the awareness the fundraising and you know the word of mouth yeah absolutely well um when you have your your website do you have the website active yet or are you still working on it I'm still working on it. It should be active um, by next weekend at the latest. Okay. Well, make sure to share that with me. I'll go ahead and share where I can, um, especially on the show page and on our um, social media platforms. Um, But I definitely want to thank you uh, for coming on and sharing your story. And I'm so excited that you are doing this nonprofit I, I think you're right. You know, it's a family. It doesn't matter what organization. Ultimately, it's all about um, us uh, collaborating and helping each other and being there for each other because that's how we get to where we need to be. That's right. Absolutely right. I really appreciate you having me today, Lauren. I really do. Thank you. Oh, you're so welcome, and I'm just so excited you came on um, and and shared um, your story and. Um, all about this nonprofit. So the Wishing Tree for HD, we get that um, website link. We'll share that on the show page. And um, for anybody who is listening, uh, I hope that you have a happy new year. Um, We will be having some really great shows in January, including a little dive into diagnosis and disability. So make sure to look forward to that. But I hope you have a great new year. And until next time, take care and love you guys. Love you too, Lauren. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to visit www.helpforhd.org and sign up for our email newsletter to stay up to date on all that is going on at Help for HD. Get social with us and like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, and subscribe to Help for HD TV on YouTube and ring the bell for notifications.